Kitabu Bad il Wahi. This is the first chapter, the first book in Sahih Bukhari. Um, the book on revelation or the beginning of revelation. So Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah he divides his book, uh, his kitab, the Sahih Bukhari, into different kitabs. And within each kitab, which is a section, we have subsections which are babs. So this, this is uh, the book, the book of Revelation. And then the first bab here is Babun Kaifa Kana Badul Wahi ila Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is the chapter on how did the divine revelation begin upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So there are a number of discussions here. There are so many discussions written in the book. And that is uh, the greatest challenge of which, which points to share, which not to share. How relevant is it? But a few points that, inshallah, could be beneficial for us is why did Imam Bukhari rahmatullah start his book with Wahi? We see that Imam Bukhari rahmatullah Later on, a few chapters down, he speaks about the ibadat. And salah, of course, is the first thing that a person will be reckoned for on the Day of Judgment. So ibadat are important. And amongst the ibadat, salah is the first one that will be reckoned on the Day of Judgment. So we could start with Kitab salah. But salah, and salah is the key to Jannah. Miftahul Jannah Salah. But the key to Salah is Tahara. So that is why Kitab Salah is preceded by Kitab Tahara. Because without Tahara in purification, we cannot have Salah. Salah will not be accepted. And this is well known in all of the books of fiqh. Kitab Tahara is mentioned before Kitab Salah. The chapter on purification. We purify ourselves before we perform Salah Ibadah. So we have Kitab Tahara. And before Kitab Tahara, how do we, uh, our Tahara, our Salah, all our Ibadat, for it to be acceptable, we have to have Iman. Iman is a precondition, a shart for the acceptance of all and any good deed. And how can we acquire that Iman through ilm, through knowledge? Learning, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Learning the knowledge of Iman. So that is why before Kitab al-Tahara, he brings Kitab al-Iman and he brings Kitab al-Ilm. But before we get to Kitab al-Iman and before we get to Kitab al-Ilm, the book of knowledge, how to learn knowledge, the etiquette of knowledge, the virtues of knowledge, and, and learning Iman, which is a precondition. Just like the Salah is not valid without Tahara, all of ibadat, all actions without iman are void. They will have no value on the day of judgment. So that makes sense that we should learn what is iman and we should learn about learning, ilm. But he, uh, he brings before that, first thing he brings is wahi. Because all ibadat and mu'amalat and mu'ashara and akhlaq and all ahkam anything you learn anything about the deen it is mawquf meaning it's understanding and belief on, of it is dependent upon wahi wahi revelation and without belief in revelation then there is nowhere to go this is the ultimate first step it is the foundation of everything that is coming in our deen and definitely coming in this book or any book of deen or any subject of deen. And also this gives us the tartib in the order that if you are discussing with a non-Muslim and want to invite him towards Islam or as Muslims that are born, we want to learn our deen. What should the starting point be? The starting point is to understand wahi. The need for wahi 
is one subject. The ijaz of the wahi, the miraculous nature of the wahi. And the hukum, the hujjia, the fact that it is an evidence that we need to follow and need to submit to. There are a lot of different discussions about wahi. All of our articles of faith that we have, they all revolve around understanding and believing in wahi. Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi. When we have wahi in revelation, there is one is the muhi, the one who is giving the revelation. One is the muha ilayhi, the one who is receiving the revelation. One is the means who is bringing the revelation. So, amantu billahi, Allah is who? Muhi, the one who is sending down the revelation. Wa malaikatihi, Jibreel alayhi salam is the one who is bringing the wahi, revelation. Wa rasulihi, the rasuls are whom? Are receiving the revelation. What is the revelation? Amantu billahi, Allah is the one sending the revelation. Wa malaikatihi, are bringing the revelation. Wa rasulihi, they are receiving the revelation. Kutubihi wa rasulihi. Kutub are, it is the revelation. How is the revelation preserved for us? In the form of kutub, the Quran, and the previous revelations. So, amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi. So, Allah is the source of revelation. Malaika are bringing it down in the form of the kutub upon the rasul. Now, the rest of the deen, whether it's waliyum al akhiri and whether it's qadri khairihi wa sharimillah ta'ala, whether it's ba'ath ba'ath al mawt, all of that is proven where? In the kutub that were revealed by the Allah through the malaika upon the rasul. Right? So that is how fundamental it is for us to believe in wahi. And uh, in this day and age of skepticism, when everyone is skeptical and people are believing only in that which is physical and mahsus and they can touch and feel and test in the laboratory. And they deny the entire metaphysical realm. They, they deny the alam al ghayb. They only believe in alam al mushahada, the, the seen world. They disbelieve in the unseen world. And um, the belief in the intellect as the supreme, ultimate source of knowledge is the era we are living in. So people, they do not believe in a higher power, they do not believe in a higher revealed source of law. And this is the biggest fork in the road, this is the biggest split in our worldview as Muslims and all of those who are the disbelievers and who do not believe in Islam. It boils down to our belief in the revelation as the ultimate source of knowledge. We have different sources of knowledge that are through the physical senses Allah has given us, through the eyes we see, through the ears we hear, we gain knowledge, through our uh, nose we smell, these hawas khamsa zahira, physical senses Allah has given us, we acquire knowledge of our surroundings. Allah brought you forth from the wombs of your mothers, you had no knowledge. Uh, and then Allah Ta'ala says that He made us he granted us ears and eyes to learn about the world around us. And as the baby is crawling around, it picks up things and puts it in his mouth and it learns that this is sweet and sour and this is smooth and rough and gains knowledge. Beyond all of these physical senses is the power of the intellect. And where the intellect also fails is where the realm of revelation begins. We believe that the revelation in wahi is the ultimate source of knowledge. And that is why the Quran is known as Al-Furqan, the criterion. It gives us the rulings and the judgment that are timeless and are universally enforceable and relevant and never become outdated because they are never dated to begin with. Universally applicable means that it is not for any specific country. And timeless means it is not specific to any time. 
So it means ila yawmil qiyamah the Quran is uh, provides us the ahkam in injunctions and rulings ila yawmil qiyamah so there's umum of zaman and makan time and space time wise to ila yawmil qiyamah and space wise geographically everywhere in the world so we have to continually strengthen our iman and yaqeen in the wahi in this revelation and once we accept that then the rest of the deen will become very easy to believe in and practice inshallah some discussion about wahi is that the word wahi it has a meaning in the lugha in the language and it has a meaning in our sharia in our deen this is with respect to all the terms that we study as students of deen we have the al-ma'na al-lughawi the literal meaning and al-ma'na al-istilahi the terminological meaning so the arabic words uh, they have if you look at the roots they have a specific meaning in the dictionary and then in a particular context of a subject they have a meaning based on that subject and there is always a link between the literal meaning al-ma'na al-lughawi and al-ma'na al-istilahi in the terminological meaning there is a rabt there is a link between the two like as-salah means dua lughatan in the lugha in the dictionary and the salah that we perform the physical salah everyone is aware of from takbirul ula to salam and the essence of the salah is dua likewise zakah it has the meaning of purification um, and it also has the meaning of growth purification we know like when you talk about tasqiyatul qulub purifying the hearts and people purify themselves they say I'm pure they declare themselves to be pure so zakat has the meaning of purity and it also has the meaning of increase when there's growth in the crops they say zakat so likewise in, in zakat if you discharge the zakat it will purify the hearts from the love of wealth it will purify the wealth as well and it will increase the wealth, barakah. Som, it means lughatan, imsak, to withhold. Shara'an, in the sharia terminology, it means al-imsaku anil muftarat al-thalath al-akl wa shurb al-jama'a min tulu'i al-fajr al-sadiq ila ghurubi shamsi ma'anniyati. So, it means to withhold from eating, drinking, and intercourse from dawn till sunset with the niyyah. Hajj means qasd, to intent. Hajja, intended to make an intention in Hajj in the Sharia is Qasdu Ziyarati Baytillah Biadai Arkanin Mahsusa Fiyayamin Mahsusa to visit to intend to visit the house of Allah and to perform specific rituals during specific days so likewise we have Wahi Wahi has a Lughvi meaning and has an Istilahi meaning it has a meaning in the in the dictionary and it has a meaning in the sharia lughatan it means al-ishara al-khafiyah a hidden indication or al-ishara al-sari'ah a quick a quick ishara a quick indication that is given like the poet said nadartu ilayha nadratan fatahayyarat daqaiqu fikri fi badi'i sifatiha so he's talking about how he gave a quick ishara to someone about some of his feelings. Let me put it at that. Um, anyway, so a quick a quick ishara is uh, is wahi. Uh, a quick ishara means quickly indicate something, quickly hinting at someone. That is wahi in the in the dictionary. Now, the wahi that we are talking about is a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa taala upon Dambiya What is the relationship between the lughi meaning, the terminological meaning, and the shari meaning? First is that it happens very quickly; it does not take time. Because Lughvi meaning we said was Al-Ishara as-sari'a quick 
Likewise, when the wahi comes upon Rasulullah it happens very quickly. It does not take long time. It happens in moments. And also, khafiyah, meaning to be hidden, it is such that Nabi ﷺ may be present there and the people are around him and he is the only one receiving the revelation. Those who are sitting around him, they also, they do not know what is going on. This is a direct communication between Allah and his Habib ﷺ. As it comes in one narration that Nabi ﷺ, his part of his body was resting on the, on the thigh of the Sahabi next to him. And he said that when, the, when he went into the kafiyah, into that condition that he was receiving wahi, I felt that my bones would be crushed into dust. And when he would be on the camel, the camel would sit down. SubhanAllah. Uh, we are going to cover in the hadith, in the, the second hadith as well, that in the coldest of cold days, freezing days also, uh, his forehead would be sweating. Right. SubhanAllah. So this is um, the link between the Lughvi meaning and the Istilahi meaning. Now, as far as the different types of wahi, some of them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has indicated in the Quran and others you find in the hadith. What are the different types of wahi? So I will be reading out from the tahqiq of our shaykh from whom I learned the same chapter, Mufti Radha al Hausad al Barakatuhum. He said, Al Wahi ala arba'ati aqsamin. Wahi is of four types. This is Mufti Radha al Hausad. Number one, Al Wahi al Fitri. Wahi al Fitri is natural Wahi. Fitri is something that's found in nature. He is going from the most aam, most general, and all inclusive to the khas, to the specific one. So at the most general level, number one is Al-Wahyu Al-Fitriyu, the natural wahi that Allah Ta'ala is uh, sending down upon all of His creation. What is that? Ilqa'ullahi Ta'ala fi fitratil haywan an ya'tiya kada. Nahwaqulihi Ta'ala. This is how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala guides all of His creation. And this is the most general form of hidayah as well. The entire, the entire khalq, the entire creation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted them one, this basic level of hidayah. For example, Allah ta'ala says, وَأَوْحَا رَبُّكَ إِلَى النَّحْلِ Surah Al-Nahl, the honeybee, ayah 68. You can look up the tafsir. وَأَوْحَا رَبُّكَ إِلَى النَّحْلِ Allah has sent the wahi to the honeybee. Does that mean the honeybee is a prophet or a rasul? No. We're talking about which type of wahi? The fitri, the natural wahi. وَأَوْحَا رَبُّكَ Even though the verb used is أَوْحَا يُوحِي إِحَا Which means to give wahi. Okay. So, so it's the same word of wahi. But it's not talking about the wahi of Anbiya and Rasul. وَأَوْحَا رَبُّكَ إِلَى نَحْلَ Allah has, has instructed or you could say has inspired the honeybee. أَنِ اتَّخِذِي مِنَ الْجِبَالِ بُيُوتًا That you should uh, make your hives in the mountains or in places away from the people now if we uh, subhanallah the biologists of today and the zoologists and those who study the animals uh, they are amazed when they see uh, how the honeybee it goes to different plants and different flowers to collect the nectar and it comes back to its hive and they have studied those pathways. Just like when you have planes flying in the sky and jets, they have their determined routes. They cannot just fly anywhere free because that will end up in having accidents in the air. So they have their set path, flight path. SubhanAllah, these honeybees, when they are going back and forth, they are like infinite number of routes they could take back. But they fly on the exact same route the first time. As human beings also, if you're, if you're just walking without signs, without roads for us, it's all the same. 
Just like the only example we can come to is if you're in the middle of the ocean without a compass or in the middle of a desert and you have to go from point A to point B, now you have to go back from B to A. There's no way to guarantee you would take the exact same route. But subhanAllah, these, these bees are divinely guided. And that is what Allah Ta'ala mentions here. Another example he gives is about um, the squirrels. It gathers its provision in the summer, the nuts, and um, all what it's going to eat. So that it could uh, in, enjoy it during the winter. This is like, uh, subhanAllah, it reminds me of like when you're reading the bedtime stories with the kids. About time for that now. Alright. Subhanallah. It's, it's uh, storing the provision for the winter is so precise that people can even determine the temperature based on how much it has stored. And then when it comes out, now it becomes an indication that the winter is over and the spring has begun. Subhanallah. This is the first day of the spring. Now, this whole chapter of Wahi al-Fitri, if you want to have better appreciation for this, we can go into the whole field of zoology and study the animal kingdom. And this is, subhanallah, uh, the biologists, the zoologist can give us so much information on this about everything. The only thing is, subhanallah, the hijab over the eyes, that they will just say this is all due to mother nature right or worse beyond that is you know just evolutionary biologist this has happened uh, through trial and error it came into being the most nonsensical thing possible that this entire creation came into being by itself Right. This is the first one which is general for all animals. It's not specific to human beings. Number two is Al-Wahyul Ijadi. This is the inspiration by which we can in, invent new things. And we come up with uh, new ideas. Allah inspires a human being to come up with beautiful architecture, beautiful design, beautiful art, beautiful beneficial inventions. How he can invent uh, new things and technology which are appropriate for every day and age. This type of wahi, uh, the second one, it requires a higher level of intelligence which is not found in the animals. This is specific to human beings. Now number two. However, this aql and intelligence with respect to worldly knowledge is what? It is not specific to Muslims. Kafir and Muslim both can have worldly intelligence. In the Surah Al-Najm tafsir on Tuesday night that you heard last Tuesday and if you didn't you can hear it now. It's recording. It's there. Is Mufti Adimuddin covered? This world is the extent of the knowledge of the disbeliever. Regarding the hereafter, they are ghafil, they do not know. So, and Rasulullah made dua Allahumma la tajalid dunya akbara hammina. Oh Allah, do not make this dunya the biggest of our grief. Do not make it the extent of our knowledge. So they do have knowledge of the world. Who said so? Allah said so in the Quran. Because He said, the extent of their knowledge is the world. Meaning they don't know about the hereafter. Does the Quran say they don't know about the dunya? He didn't say that, right? It says they knew about the dunya. So the Muslim and the Kafir, they both have knowledge of the world. So, meaning the believers and the disbelievers, both, they have the worldly blessings. But the 
as of late the disbelievers have even gone ahead of the believers with respect to innovation and technology so it is not something specific to believers by any means so this is the intelligence and this is the inspiration um, with a lot of perspiration right as Thomas Edison was asked about how, do you, how you're so genius that you came up with these lights so what did he say 99% perspiration 1% inspiration okay so this inspiration is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number two number three Al-Wahyul Irfani Irfani the one who has Ma'rifah so I said we're starting from big circle and we're getting slowly slowly uh, smaller circles now we go to وَهُوَ لِعِبَادِ اللَّهِ الْمُخْتَصِينَ مِنْ بَيْنِ الْعُقُولِ now we're talking about the believers only first was human and non-human animals second was only human beings Muslim and non-Muslim third is Muslim human beings Ambiya and non-Ambiya as well, both. Muslim human beings. So, <clears throat> for example, Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who, this is Surah Al-Ankabud, Ayah 69. Those who strive in the path of Allah, Allah will give them a specific higher level of hidayah and guidance. So this higher level of guidance and hidayah is for not, hum- not animals, humans. Within humans, not disbelievers, only believers. For example, Allah Taala, an ikhruju fi sabil al-dawa, aw aqimul madaris, wa nahuya min al-amal alati tuadi Allah Taala. This is inspiration Allah puts in the hearts of people to spend in the path of Allah. He gives them the guidance to spend in His path, to go out in dawa, to establish madaris, to do good deeds. This inspiration is coming from whom? From Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Allah places this in the heart. An example of this divine inspiration that comes upon the awliya of Allah. And we have to find the word, which one? Awhaya, wahi. It's called wahi still. We find in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ أَنْ And we sent awha, wahi, to the mother of Musa. That you continue to suckle your baby. Surah Qasas, Ayah 7. Continue to breastfeed Musa, the baby Musa. Then when you're afraid about him, because the guards and the, and the police of Fir'aun is going to come knock on the door. Then throw him into the river. Do not have fear what's going to happen to him in the future and do not have grief that you have uh, been departed, uh, that he has departed from you. Do not have sadness. Inna ilayki. We will return him back to you. Waja'iluhu minal mursaleen. And a bonus on top of it, we will make him one of the prophets. So if somebody says that, how do we know for a fact that this is for a non-Nabi? Because you're saying this wahi is for righteous people, human beings, Ambiya and non-Ambiya. Is this a non-Nabi? How do we know? Maybe she was a Nabiya. So the re- answer is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ إِلَّا رِجَالًا We have not sent as a Nabi or as a Rasul, we have not sent any messengers prior to you, O Muhammad sallallahu إِلَّا رِجَالًا But they were men. So all the Anbiya were men. So all the Anbiya were men. And Ummi Musa was not a man. The mother of Musa was not a male, she was a female. So that proves that she was not a prophet. So that proves that this wahi is not specific to prophets. Is that, is that clear? Do That's in the Quran, yeah. So the Quran says, Umar min qablika illa rijala. All the prophets were men. Musa alayhi mother was not a male, she was a female. So this wahi is not limited to anbiya, it's for ghayr anbiya. There are other examples, for example, uh, like Allah Ta'ala inspired Maryam alayhi salam. Uhuzi ilayki bijithi'in nakhla tusaqit alayki rutaban janiyya. When she delivered the baby Isa alayhi salam, and it was a, a dry tree, she was she needed nourishment and food so Allah Ta'ala told her that shake this dead palm tree 
So this inspiration came from whom? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see some effort on our part. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing a miracle here. And the miracle is that this dead tree is giving fruits. So it could have come, as we say, on a silver platter. Couldn't it have come on a silver platter? It could have come on a silver platter. Literally and figuratively on a silver platter. But uh, Allah Ta'ala told her, you got to do some effort. Even, uh, even to make the miracle occur, you huzzi, move, shake this dead tree. Then after you shake it, fresh fruit will fall down upon you. Rutaban, rutab, fresh, fresh rutab. Out of nowhere. It's coming out of nowhere, but you still have to do the effort. There's so many examples. In fact, like um, Subhanallah, Ayub alayhi salam, hit your heel on the ground. Then the spring will come forth, which will purify you of the sickness that he had for seven years. Right? All the tests of Ayyub, Sabr of Ayyub is known. He had like a dozen children, the, the roof, ceiling fell down. They were all beautiful kids sleeping, all died one shot. Then all his sheep and all his camels and all his goats and all his farms and everything, drought, and all the animals died, and everything, health, wealth, family. His whole body racked with sickness, thrown out for seven years. Anyway, there's a long story, but the point here was that he had to hit his foot, his heel, hit, uh, stamp his heel on the ground, and then the water came. Even when the, if you look at the hadith of tawakkul, look at the hadith of tawakkul. لو أنكم توكلتم على الله حق توكله. If you would have the true tawakkul on Allah, the way it is the right of Allah that you have tawakkul on Him. لرزقكم كما يرزق الطير. He will provide risk for you and provision for you the way He provides the risk and provision for the birds. Then it doesn't end there. I've heard so many people say this hadith and say that, oh, does the bird have a degree? Did the bird study? Did the bird do anything? لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. After that, what does the hadith say? تغدو خماسا وتروح بيطانا. It leaves the nest empty stomach. تغدو means it leaves the nest خماسا with an empty stomach. And تروح بيطانا and روح is to return in the evening بيطانا with his stomach full. So is the is is there a table spread coming from the sky right to the bird in his nest or it goes out to work? It goes out to work. The bird goes out to work. SubhanAllah. So the tawakkul is not tarkul asbab. The tawakkul is... You know what? Actually, if you think about it, if tawakkul was tarkul asbab, it would, believe it or not, it may sound counterintuitive what I'm saying, it would have been easier to have iman. How would it be easier? Because a person who leaves the asbab completely and has 100% tawakkul on Allah, if he was getting the ma'idatam min sama it would be easy. The trick, is, the test is that you have to adopt the asbab 100% and not believe in the asbab 100%. That's the biggest test. Because if I just stop here without mentioning the second part, then I don't want anyone reaching the wrong conclusion that, oh, it's all about how much you effort you put in work, and that's it. Where's Allah's, uh, you know, razaqiyah? No, no, no. Allah is the razaq, and Allah is the musabbibul asbab. But He has hidden Himself behind the asbab. So we have to adopt the asbab, but we have to not believe in the asbab. Like in the famous hadith, uh, you know, iqalha wa tawakkal ala Allah. Tie the camel and then trust in Allah. Meaning, if it was like the camel is there in the middle of the desert. And you, uh, and then you, uh, if you say Allah will allow my camel to stay here and will not run away by the time I make istinja, wudu, and perform my salah, mashallah. And when you come back, the camel is still there because of your tawakkul. That's easy. So you see the result right away. But that's not what the dunya is. The dunya is a testing place. Right? The dunya is a place of test. And the result is in the akhirah. So that is why even when an adab comes, when an adab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes, the righteous 
and the sinners everyone will be affected by it then on the day of judgment they will be resurrected based on their intentions Allah says in the Quran beware of such a test and a trial in adab which will when it comes and afflicts in this world it will not afflict only the zalimin the mu'minun the awliya everyone will have to go through that torment otherwise the result is out prematurely. For example, an adab of Allah comes, an earthquake comes, a hurricane comes, and if all the awliya and mu'minun and salihun and righteous ones, their houses are spared, and only the kuffar, mulhidun, they are facing the adab, then the result is out. Where is the imanun bil ghayb? Alladheena yu'minuna bil ghayb. Now you have iman bil mujahada. You saw it. If, if Iman bil Mushahada counts, then Fir'aun was a true mu'min too. Because his Iman is mentioned in the Quran. I love the sentence of Mawlana Sulaiman Chauksi, our teacher. I repeat it so many times. Fir'aun nebi ek saans mitin dafa Iman liaya. Do you recall me saying this? Right. Fir'aun, he accepted Islam three times in one breath. When he was drowning, he said, Amantu, I'm a mu'min. Number two, la ilaha. If he said there's no one except God except for one God, then they would say, oh, he's reaffirming his, uh, his, his Godship, that he is God. Because he, his whole life he said, Anna ala, I'm God. So that's why his kalima is a bit unique. He says, la ilaha illa bihi banu Israel. There is no God except for the one God, the Banu Israel, believe in. The one he has been punishing his whole life. And the third thing he says, Wa minal muslimin. And I am one of the Muslims. But that Iman has no value. You have heard about differences of opinion. There's no one who says Fir'aun alayhi salam. There's no two opinions. There are no two opinions about this matter, no disagreement. Everyone knows that Fir'aun was or one of the biggest enemies of Allah. Then Allah Ta'ala says, now you believe? It doesn't count. Because this is Iman bil Mushahada, Iman on the scene. And the iman that counts is Alif Lamim Dalik al Kitabula Raibafi Hudalil Muttaqin Alladina Yubinuna Bil Ghaib. Those who believe on the unseen. Why are you believing in the unseen? Tasdiqan bihabril bil muhbari sadiq. Because there is a truthful narrator who narrated to us what he saw, what he heard from Allah. And that messenger he received divine revelation. So it all boils down to believing in that revelation upon that messenger. Subhanallah. Where were we? We were talking about, anyway, the different types of wahi. And we said that the miracles, right? Yes, now I recall. We talked about the miracles. We were talking about, see, Musa alayhi mother, she received wahi. And we talked about Maryam alayhi salam. And then we said she had to shake the tree. Then we talked about you have to do effort. So the test is to use the asbab. But don't believe in asbab. So the camel, what does the Rasulullah say about the camel? Tired. I'aqalha. I'aqalha wa tawakkal ala Allah. Tie the camel. It's so ajib. But don't believe, you're tying it, so just why don't you believe that my rope, that I tied it? That's another interesting story about the, the tying. If you're in the middle of the desert, I shared this with the students, it's pretty interesting, is that where are you going to tie the camel? Then you say you tie it to a pillar. Where is the pillar? You tie it to a pole, light pole. There's no light pole. Try it to the tree. There's no tree. So what are you going to tie it to? So how do you tie the camel in the middle of the desert? So the thing is, what, and this thing is still used till today. You're having a heavy discussion, so I'll share this light thing with you. So what happens is that, have you noticed that if you ever saw the Arab, Bedouin Arab, and till today, those who are proud in their Bedouin heritage, particularly the Gulf states, Saudi Arabia and Imarat as well, even the kings and the rulers and the princes, they wear one uh, um, scarf-like structure, on the, uh, star, uh, star, um, scarf-like cloth, clothing, piece of clothing on their head. If it's a red one, it's called Shima, or, or it's a white one, it's Utra, etc. Then, 
that the reason it was white is to protect from sunstroke when they're traveling in the desert, so it reflects the sun to cover their head. Then on top of that, they have the two ropes, right? So those ropes, they are till today called iqal. But in Amiya, they call it igal, because the qaf, they pronounce it like a gaf. So igal, it's called the igal, which is actually iqal. And it comes from the word aqlun, literal meaning ayn, qaf, lam, aql is that which prevents. Because if a person has aql intelligence, it will prevent him from doing foolish things. That's why another name for intelligence is nuha. Nuha. Nuha is also from nahiyun, to prevent. So a person who has intelligence, why, why doesn't he just, um, you know, do something foolish? Why doesn't he jump off the cliff? Why doesn't he put his wet hand in the socket? Because he has intelligence, he knows he's going to get electric shock, right? So aql prevents a person from foolish things. So iqal is that which prevents. Now, what they used to do is they didn't have any pillars. They didn't have anything to tie the camel. So they would make the camel sit down. And then they would take a piece of rope and they would tie the bent knee of the camel. One is sufficient, one foreleg. So what happens is, now the camel, he cannot extend his foreleg. If he cannot extend his foreleg, he cannot stand up. If he cannot stand up, he cannot walk. So he is parked in the middle of the desert. SubhanAllah. And now what would happen is, after they park the camel in the middle of the desert, when they finish their haja and their need, and they come back, then they would untie it. Now they have this piece of rope. They have to keep it in a handy place. So just they would throw it on their shima, on their, on their scarf. And now they have the private jets and the Rolls Royce, but they still have the rope to tie the camel. Yes, that's the rope you see. Subhanallah. So, and then I remember in case a viewer wondered, like, why are you putting on her head? Subhanallah. These are certain things, it's just like tasalsul. Now that I'm sharing with you, that our teacher shared with us, he said that you might think, why is he putting on his head? Because they didn't have pockets. He's still thinking why, then he gave an example. He took a pen from the table and he said, if someone is using a pen, maybe like an architect, before they had, you know, computer-assisted drawing CAD, they used to use pencils, pens, or a painter, then while they're working, he's painting, then he may put it on top of his ear. Our teacher put, I remember, he put his pen like this, like I am doing now, on his ear, subhanAllah. Then he's thinking about his painting, then he takes it from on top of his ear and paints, then he puts it back on his ear, right? So he said, this is a handy place to just keep it, right? Likewise, it was handy for them to put it on their head. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'aqalha. Oh, Rasulullah said, I'aqalha. Tie it with the iqal. Take it off of your... Now it's made from silk, 100% silk, which is... Don't ask me if it's halal or haram. For men. The women, they didn't have it. They weren't parking the camel, so they don't wear it. It's not part of their libas. Allah. Very fascinating. So, yeah, so tie it, but don't believe in the tying. That's the test. Tawakkal ala Allah. All your planning, the, the, does the deen tell us don't plan? Don't have any plan? No, you should have a plan. Bismillah is ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Forgive your companions. Ask Allah ta'ala to forgive them. You seek forgiveness for them. And in fact, make mashwara with them. Shawirhum. Take their consultation when you make decisions. And you come up with your whole plan. And after you come up with your plan, the dunya will say, trust in your plan. Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then trust in me. Make your plan, but don't trust your plan. Trust in Allah. عَلَى اللَّهِ Then if you trust in Allah, Allah is sufficient. He will help you when the asbab are there, and He may help you when the asbab are not there. Then that was my tangent of the day. Then we have next number four. It's Wahi Nabuwa, the Wahi of Nabuwa of Anbiya Ali Musalam. Khasun bil Anbiya Ali Musalam. This form of Wahi is specific to Anbiya Ali Musalam. So this is number four. Now this is when we talk about Wahi. Normally, which one are we talking about? This number four itself. So we'll say, who is the Nabi of Allah? The one who receives Wahi. Does that mean the squirrel and the bee? No. Does that mean the scientist and the engineer? Does that mean the mother of Musa or Maryam? No. It means number four, Wahyun Nabuwa. 
Then another ayah in which different types of wahi are mentioned that I can share with you. Let me pull it up so you can also see it's something to look at. Yeah, this is visible too, right? Everyone? Okay. So if I go, for example, this is the ayah from Surah Zuhruf. Oh, spelling right. Take care. One second. Um, so this has all the different surahs of the Quran. We're gonna. I'm gonna break this. Uh, uh, we're gonna uh, break the different parts of this ayah down. That's why I wanted you to see it. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He's speaking about the specific forms of wahi that are for the Anbiya Alayhim Salam. وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ Right, right here. See Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, see the context of this is the Yahud, they would come up and the Mushrikun and the Nasara and the Munafiqun, all of them, all the different categories that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to deal with. Every day they would come up with a different excuse of why they do not believe. So, One day, they came up with this excuse. They said, why is it not that you, O Muhammad can directly look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, talk to Allah ta'ala, you see him, he sees you, you hear him, he hears you, and have this conversation like our Prophet Musa did. Since you can't do that, you're not a Nabi. This was an objection. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is revealing this ayah, that you are mistaken, O Yahud, that was not even the case with Musa salam. Musa alayhi salam, he did not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world. In fact, he heard the word of Allah, but when he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbi arini anzur ilayk, oh my Lord, I would like to see you. Now if I pull that out, it'll take more time, that's there as well. Uh, oh, every ayah we quote, I can, I'm not going to pull it up, but this ayah we'll spend some time with this, so I pulled it up. Oh, oh my Lord, Rabbi arini, allow me, allow me to see you, anzur ilayk, show yourself to me. You know this, right? What happened? Allah said, you will not be able to see me in this worldly life. Rather look at the mountain. Allah uh, did a tajalli, which is a slight reflection of his that Reflection. Tajalli on the mountain. And the entire mountain collapsed. Musa fell down unconscious. Then when he regained consciousness, he said, Tubtu ilayk, I make tawbah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he spoke to Musa alayhi salam, he spoke to him, thus that Musa alayhi salam could hear Allah, he was kalimullah, he was kalamullah, Musa taklima, but he did not see Allah in this world. In this world, we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly, but we will inshaAllah see him in Jannah. And that is the greatest blessing of Jannah. They are the some batil firaq in groups that they deny seeing Allah Ta'ala, the ru'yat abari Ta'ala, based on this ayah, lan tarani, you will not see me. Even though this ayah is referring to the worldly life. With respect to Jannah, it's Surah Al-Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala says, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ On that day, some of the faces will be, faces will be radiant, shining, and looking towards Allah. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ نَظَرْ They were seeing how should I say? Witnessing Allah. And then the other ayah is, لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ No eyes can completely encompass Him. So that ayah is negating completely encompassing Allah from all angles. That's not possible. Does that mean that He cannot see in Jannah? Any case, so this is the ayah. وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ It is not possible for a human being أَن يُكَلِّمَهُ اللَّهِ That Allah can communicate with Him. إِلَّا وَحْيًا Except for through inspiration. وَحْيًا Inspiration. You can follow the translation. Or from behind a veil. This is how Allah Ta'ala spoke to Musa He could not see him. Or he sends a messenger angel. 
and he reveals by the will of Allah, his permission of Allah, what Allah wants. إِنَّهُ عَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ Surely Allah is most high and all wise. So you are misquoting what happened with Musa a.s. Who is saying this? Allah is saying to the Yehud in the time of Nabi Wasallam in Medina. This is right at the end of Surah Shura. The Zuhruf comes after that. So then Allah Ta'ala says, وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ Well, I just want to focus on that ayah, but since this is the end of the surah, I'll just look at the beautiful passage, how it completes. وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِّنْ أَمْرِنَا And likewise, meaning just like the previous anbiya, Allah Ta'ala says, أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ We have sent down to you, O Prophet رُوحًا مِّنْ أَمْرِنَا A revelation by our command. مَا كُنْتَ تَدْرِي مَا الْكِتَابِ وَلَا الْإِيمَانِ you did not know this book and you did not know about this faith before. You had no knowledge. What is the book and what is Iman? I was telling the first year students yesterday uh, that look, these things they are teaching, they are new to you or you knew all this stuff before? Even first year, it's new. So Nahu, for example, it's new. You did not know what a Marfu or Mansu, Majroor is. You didn't know any of this stuff. So does it make sense as a teacher do you think it's a good idea if I keep on telling you, hammering it in? You do not know this, what is marfu', and then I teach you marfu'. You do not know what mansubat, you do not know majroor, you do not know what's mudaf and mudafilay, you do not know mosuf and sifa, you do not know muakkad and taqeed, you do not know badal you do not know any of these things. And then I tell you, every time I keep on telling you, is that a good idea? I don't do that. Nor does any teacher do that. Rather we say, MashaAllah, you learned so much. Alright. SubhanAllah, you have come so far. But not one place, multiple places, Allah Ta'ala does exactly that with Nabi Wasallam in the Qur'an. There must be a reason why He does that. SubhanAllah. Like Surah Yusuf, it's the best story of all time. When, when the Banu Israel, I mean the Yahud uh, asked Nabi Wasallam that uh, Ibrahim Wasallam was settled in Kanaan, in Sham, and his son Ishaq was there, and Yaqub was there. They, that's where they were living. Then how did they end up in Egypt? In the time of Musa salam, why were they suffering in Egypt? What's the story of the migration of, the, of Banu Ishaq and Banu Israel from Sham in Palestine, in that area near Jerusalem and Khalil? From there, how did they end up in Egypt? This is a question. Which was what? Far away from Nabi Wasallam. Zamanan and Makanan. Meaning it's a far place. It's far away from Makkah. It's Aqsa, farthest away. And also, it's a long time ago, centuries ago. How is he supposed to know, right? Then Allah Ta'ala revealed the whole story in Surah Yusuf. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ We are revealing unto you the best of all stories. بِمَا أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ This is the wahi, again, revelation of this Qur'an upon you. وَإِن كُنْتَ مِن قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ And before this revelation, you were unaware, you didn't know the story. Although, I know I didn't know that. You would say, a student of today, if I say that, you would say, well, I know I don't know, that's why I'm here to learn. Why do you keep on telling me I don't know? But Allah is saying this. Why is He saying this? It's because all of these Orientalists and non-Muslims and enemies of Islam, they say He read up from the scriptures, of the past, of the Jews and the Christians, and he mixed it all up in hybrid, created his own religion. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you did not know anything. Everything you are saying is revelation from me. You're not making it up. So this is something which for us wouldn't be beneficial, but in this context, it is absolutely essential to understand that he is not coming up. Like a non-Muslim, he would say, oh, the Quran that was written by Muhammad. Who wrote it? Oh yeah, author of the Quran is Muhammad I think inshallah, I hope, I believe in the most ignorant Muslim he will say no, that's not a book written by Muhammad it is a revelation of Allah yeah, saying of Muhammad is a hadith but it's a revelation of Allah he didn't write the Quran inshallah, I hope my, my belief is not unfounded my, and my Allah make it true that every Muslim would say the, Muhammad did not write the Quran this Quran is revealed by Allah. And even if he was making it up, this is very counterintuitive for him to 
keep on making it up where he's telling himself, hey, you didn't know this, you didn't know that. If he's faking it, why would he fake it like that, right? Allah Akbar. Hada kalama Rabbi. This is the word of my Lord, Allah. So, um, that's why, you know, like this whole thing of being ummiyun, uh, it means to be illiterate. But when it comes with respect to Rasulullah we say the unlettered. That was a beautiful translation someone came up with and it's, that's the one everyone says. Ummiyun is the unlettered one, right? You've heard that? Ummi. And this ya is yaun, nisbah. Just like the ya of attribution. So you say makkiyun, the one of Makkah. Madaniyun, the one of Medina. Hindiyun, the one of Hind. Pakistaniyun. Amerikiyun. So ummiyun means the one of the mother. Mawala. So that means that when the mother delivered the baby, you didn't know anything. So he's in that original form. He hasn't learned to read or to write. So for Nabi Wasallam, that's really great. But that's not encouraged for us. Why? Because for us, اقرأ بِسْيُ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقَ اقرأ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَبِ Right? الَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمِ He taught with the pen. With, that's why Fahim Rashid has his pen. الَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمِ He taught with the pen. عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمِ He taught that which man knew not, right? Yeah, yeah, also has a pen. So, with a pen. So, reading and writing was so scarce, it's hardly found, but it's emphasized in the Quran, emphasized. The whole Kitab al Ilm is coming. So, for us, it's, we need to read and write. But with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala makes it a point in the Quran. La You do not write with your hand. You don't know how to write. It's like something to be proud of. So that those who want to invalidate the Qur'an would have an opportunity to cast doubt. Rather, they are clear evident signs that this in the hearts of those who have any ounce of knowledge, it is undeniable that this is my revelation. No one can even try to deny that this is my revealed word. Except for kafirun, illa zalimun, illa kafirun. Except for those who are bent on injustice, oppression. You guys, you can't read and you can't write. Where you came up with this religion? Like Guru Nanak, he took, for example, Hindu religion, Islam, Muslim religion, went on a Hajj, check it out. Then he came up with the Sikh faith, Baha'i religion. All of these things are what, like all these hybrids, uh, an amalgam of different faiths that have some heavenly tradition, and then you come up and create a new faith. So that's what the non-Muslims, they say that he read about the Jewish scripture and the Christian scripture and he put some, some stuff from Arabia together, right? And he created an Billah religion. That's, that is a case with respect to other false religions. But that definitely is not the case with respect to Rasulullah wasallam. Why I went on this tangent is because of this. You did not know what the book is. You didn't even know what his iman is. Allah Akbar. وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْنَا But we have made it a light. نَهْدِيبِهِ مَنْ نَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا By which we guide whoever we will of our servants. This nur is the Qur'an. نَهْدِيبِهِ We will guide مَنْ نَشَاءُ You know, you say insha'Allah. Okay, so sha'a means to wish. Sha'a yasha'u means to wish. مَنْ نَشَاءُ Who we wish. Who does Allah wish? For His guidance, He will get guidance. Who He does not wish, will not get. Now you're wondering, who is the one He wishes? So there's tafsiru kalamillahi bi kalamillah. Allah describes, he, he explains some ayats of the Quran through other ayats. Yahdi man yasha. He guides whom he wishes. Now if you're wondering, who is this man yasha? So the tafsir of that is Yahdi ilayhi man yunib. The one who turns to him in inaba, he's the one that Allah wishes guidance for him. So the one who turns to him and seeks guidance will be the one Allah wills guidance for. But if you turn your back and run away opposite direction, Allah is ghani, independent of His creation. As-Samad. As-Samad means, samad. Our teacher used to say that this tarjuma in Urdu, Bainiyaz, is incomplete. It is the truth, but it's not the whole truth. Because Bainiyaz means that He doesn't need anyone. But Samad means He does not need anyone, and at the same time everyone else needs Him. 
Subhanallah. So he is Samad. He does not need anyone, everyone else. Needs You are all needy of Allah and Allah is independent of His creation, worthy of all praise. So if you're turning away, He doesn't need to grab you, turn you around and force you to come here. Up to you. So Yahdi Anyway, He will guide whom He wishes from His slaves. And you are truly leading to the straight path. And this is the last ayah of the surah. This is the path of Allah. To Him belongs whatever is in the heavens and the earth, whatever is on the earth. Allah. Verily, this is called harfu tambi. Pay attention. Allah. To Allah. Truly to Allah, all matters will return for judgment. That's how the surah ends. Now, the point we were mentioning this is because of this ayah. Wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about different forms of wahi. Illa wahiyan one, miwarai hijab two, rusullah rasulan three. These three have multiple different types within them and will be further expanded. And I believe will be uh, more of a dense discussion. We can start with Bismillah ta'ala if Allah gives tawfiq. Next time, we will pick up right from this ayah. Insha'Allah. And we will talk about different forms of wahi that are included in these three types mentioned. These three, each one of them has two, two each, etc. And further detail will follow. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us uh, to believe in wahi, in the need of wahi as the foundation of our deen. And not allow us to have any doubts in Revelation. Kitabu Badil Wahi, the chapter of Revelation. Wahi and Ilham. Ilham is a specific word used for non Ambiya Awliya. Non Ambiya Awliya, when Allah inspires them, this is called Ilham. So, like Ummi Musa. That's, a, that's an ilham. Maryam is an ilham. Okay? If it is a thought comes in the heart, if it is something that it has a sensory, that is something visible, then, that, then there's a specific term for that which is called kashf. Kashf means to uncover. So there is a covering over the eye that we do not see many things. So that cover is removed and many things which are invisible become visible. So that's kashf. Kashfun kaf sheen fa. K A S H F. Kashf. Subhanallah. So the kashf happens to non ambiya, yes. And the interesting thing is when a person dies, his soul is his body, then there's ahkam of janais, right? How to do the janaza, how to wash the body. One of the etiquettes is that you close the eyes. And sometimes through nerval impulses, sometimes you close it, even the body is dead, the eyes, eyelids open up. Some people get terrified by that. You're supposed to close it. You're supposed to shut it such that even if they remain open by, on their own, then you, and they don't remain closed, you're supposed to tape it shut. This is one of the adab and etiquettes when a person dies, you close the eyes. Okay? First point. What is Allah Ta'ala saying in Surah Qaf? فَكَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ غِطَاءَكَ Finally now we have uncovered your eyes. فَبَصَرُكَ الْيَوْمَ حَدِيدٌ Now you really begin to see. Now you see the kiramun katibina يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ Now you see the angel of death. Now you see everything. Physical eye is closing and the ruh eye is opening. Now you really, Alyom means today. Now today you finally begin to see. Isn't it fascinating? That's why even uh, Firaun, we already talked about him a little while ago. Why did he believe, by the way? It's because he saw. The cover that was blinding him was removed and he saw the angel of death. Saw the angel of death coming to take his soul in while he was drowning. So, th- so that's why his iman is ghair mu'tabar. He's iman bil mushahada, he's not iman bil ghaib. Allah Akbar. So, kashf, kashf, one, one, uh, one is the kashf that happens. And then, you know, there's the near death experiences. 
Sometimes the kashf happens prematurely, then Allah puts it back. This is just as a... There are examples of that story that... Uh, I, I don't know if it's time for those stories. Maybe sometime we'll talk about those stories. But, uh, so that is kashf and ilham. And the thing is, by the way, since we're talking about supernatural things, uh, every time a supernatural event occurs, doesn't mean that person is a nabi or a wali. Because there's a third category, which is istidraj. Which means that supernatural things are occurring, but this is not a sign a person is a Nabi, nor that's a mu'jiza or a karama of a wali. Rather, this is an enemy of Allah. And Allah is giving him respite and giving him these powers as a test. And the biggest one who will have this, of course, is Dajjal. Right. Any other question? Yeah, yeah, Juj, Majuj, yeah, Dajjal, and some Mushrik Sadhus, and different, you know, Buddhist priests, uh, and all kinds of levitating, different supernatural things non Muslims may do uh, of, of different deviant faiths. Yeah, so that is all it fa- falls under Istidraj, monks. Right. Uh, we'll come to that exactly. So, so yeah. So this is the chapter Badal Wahi. It's about revelation. But then he mentions this whole hadith about inam al-amal. Again, there's like pages written about this. That every hadith is supposed to be linked with the chapter. What does the hadith inam al-amal have to do with Wahi? So there's so many different ways to explain it. But the best thing is that yes, the chapter is about Wahi, and the second hadith that's coming is about wahi all the hadith afterwards about wahi but that inam al-ambanu bin niyat he's, he's just throwing it in there as hey correct your intention correct your intention that is interesting you ask that because this is uh, one of the well-known ishkal here one of the well-known objections written by the objection followed by not one it becomes a little bit ajeeb <laughs> when they have 10, 15, 20, 30 different answers so that is one of the well-known questions and with lots of answers about why that inam al-amalu bin niyat came. But the simplest, easiest one is that you don't have to force it and make it fit wahi. He is just saying as a, as a reminder as you are start studying this deen and you're studying Sahih Bukhari that rectify your intention. Alright, inshallah. I think we should try to conclude with dua. Any other questions we take afterwards? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم اجعل اجتماعنا هذا اجتماعا مرحوما واجعل تفرقنا بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تدع فينا ولا منا ولا معنا شقيا ولا محروما والله والله يسدس قادرين يا رب العالمين والله allow this ilm to be a hujjah in our favor not against us ya rabbal alameen oh allah oh allah strengthen our iman and yaqeen and wahi and revelation ya rabbal alameen oh allah O oh Allah, strengthen our iman billah wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi wal yawm al-akhiri wal qadri khayri wa shari min Allah ta'ala wal ba'thi ba'd al-mawt O oh Allah, we say this iqraran bil-lisan and tasdeeqan bil-qalb We testify with our tongue and we believe from our heart O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us the correct understanding of the deen Allow it to us to implement in our lives and propagate it to the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh